everyone and welcome to another episode of soapboxing with corian again this is the podcast where we take all of the pressing issues in the soap opera world break them down debate them and discuss them with our panel of soap experts today i'm super excited because we're on a new topic for our third episode which means we have some great new panel members some old favorites and also some new favorites that i think everyone's gonna love to hear from so our panel today is ashley as always we have dylan who is joining us for the first time heather who's also joining us for the first time and tony ann who's making her soapboxing with corian debut but We've had some shows together. It's been really fun, obviously. So welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming in. How are you guys today? Pretty good. All right. But let's be very clear. I did catch you calling me old. Okay. So just want to point that out. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being old. What up? You're just with me, jerk. <laughs> Classic. You're classic. How about that? Classic. Uh, that. Okay. <laughs> now I like an old school Chevrolet, but that's fine. <laughs> well, today's episode, I'm very excited to hear everyone's opinions on because this is something that, you know, in the first two episodes, we spoke about Black issues in the soap opera world. And that's something that I can directly relate to. Oh, sorry, one second. Someone's making noise. Careful, guys. <laughs> okay. I'll go back. So I'm excited today to talk about uh, this issue because it's something that I haven't been able to directly connect with. Unlike in the first two episodes where, you know, we talked about Black issues in the soap opera world, uh, those are things that I can directly relate to and talk about and sympathize with. But this is this is a little different subject for me, which is why we have an all-female cast here today. So I'm very excited to hear everyone's opinions. So the main question today, as you can see from the episode title, is are soaps still truly the women's genre? You know, they have a history of having started for the local housewife who, you know, they had to sell products to and that needed some time to fill in the afternoon. And obviously they branched out to become, become something completely different than what they started off as. But how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that we could still legally <laughs> go soap opera as a women's genre? Uh, let me know what you think about that, Dylan. Um, I think that it, it's not so much the women's genre as it is primarily a women's genre. And I think the difference is that there has to be a shift there where you acknowledge that it's a lot more inclusive than it used to be. Mm, good point. But the base of it is still, you know, the majority of it is still primarily made up of female viewers. And 
it is what it is. <laughs> what do you think about that, Tony Ann? I think it, it, it used to be more of a, of a female genre. And yeah, women still watch the show. But I don't think a lot of new women are watching the show. Most of the viewers who have been watching the show have been watching the show from the point in which we could consider it a women's genre. I'm not so sure what kind of genre it is anymore because it's definitely not flattering to women, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and what about you, Ashley? Uh, I agree with Tony Ann. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know anybody new who's saying, oh, hey, I have nothing to do. Let me just, you know, watch something that's been on TV since the 70s. So I don't believe that there there just aren't any new women viewers. Uh, I personally do not feel as though it's a women's genre anymore. I do agree also with Dylan that, you know, it is primarily a uh, female audience. However, I do, when I look at the actual stories and the shows themselves, they're run by men and the majority of the shows, their lead actor is a man. The mm-hmm. only, the only show that I can say I still feel as though has a female lead character who is the show is you know surrounded by um, is Days with Marlena. That's it. The other shows they're all male driven. So okay. And do you have any ideas on on this question, Heather? So I think that you know Dylan, Ashley, and Tony Ann really made some great points that I don't think that we can really call it a woman's genre anymore, even though the majority of viewership is female because it's all run predominantly by men. So it's like, you know, most of the ideas and concepts and editing and everything is coming from men. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel really that I should, we should be calling it a woman's genre anymore, but that's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think for me, when I think about it, I, even if you look back, on the early days in soap operas, it's like a lot of the stories are still very similar to the ones we see now. So it kind of also makes you wonder, was it really even that, even you know, in its in its infancy? Um, so I actually ran a poll on my, my my Twitter a few months ago, just asking the general audience, you know, how they felt about how women were portrayed in soap operas now compared to then. And funnily enough, people still think that uh, women were portrayed worse. Uh, It got overwhelming views for worse, (laughs) or overwhelming votes for worse at 64.4%. 23% of people felt like it was the same treatment, and 12% of people felt like there's been better treatment. Uh, Let's see. Ashley, what do you think about those results? (laughs) I'm surprised it's that uh, 64 is a rather low number to me, but hey. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of agree with Ashley. Uh, I mean, depending on what show you're watching, maybe, you know, the show that you, your favorite show has, you know, a female heroine that's actually written. I don't know that she exists, but maybe, maybe there's a Days fan out there who's, who, who said, you know, better or the same. But yeah, no, I think it's, it's a bit. Mm, I would say a lot worse. I mean, for me, just having watched at all four of the soaps at one time within the past five years, I yeah, no, it's no, it's it's not good. <laughs> and and my question then, um, I know Tony, and you're gonna you're gonna chime in really quickly too. Yeah. Um, but I I'm also gonna throw this question to you as well to kind of build off of that. But if you also feel the same way that the writing has 
kind of devolved and has been worse recently? Would you say it's been like in the last two years, last five years, last decade? Like what, what, what's your kind of time frame for that, do you think? I think it's been more evident within the last 10 years how much worse the treatment of women has been in present soaps because women in the real world have progressed further than the women in these shows. Mm -hmm. Like you could call it a women's genre in the past. And you can say that, that, you know, the stories that we saw on screen back then were reflective of the women of those times, but the stories didn't change when the women changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. And I also think that kind of ties into what Ashley was saying earlier about not having newer viewers. I, I have two daughters. My youngest is 17. My oldest is 20. I just now got my oldest to sit and watch General Hospital with me. And the only reason, the only reason that she watched is because she saw Trina on screen. Oh, yes. Other than that, they have zero interest. And it's because the way that these characters are written and the shows themselves, the the lack of inclusion and diversity, these shows don't reflect the world mm-hmm. that these kids mm-hmm. live in nowadays. They don't want to see that. <laughs> like they're they're not interested in a bunch of you know forty something white people doing forty something white people things. Mm, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, I think that that kind of that brings me to my question. Then it's like something you know also very similar, like a, an old soap opera fan saying very similar to you know that soaps are women's genre is that soaps are for escapism. So if if it's not, is it so much that it's not reflecting the real world? Or do you think it's more so it's not giving you an escape from the real Because the real world isn't that great either, yeah. you know? Sure so it, I, I kind of wonder like what that kind of balance is. Do you have any ideas on that, uh, Heather? You know, that's, that's a thing for me right now. Why I'm really struggling with the soaps here is because, you know, all the real world what's going on right now is really not that great. And it's like, I want to be able to just come home, enjoy my soap opera and just completely escape. But when I just see, you know, just this nonsense on my screen uh, and the way that women are, you know, being written as, you know, they have no motivations or anything. They're just there to, you know, either be the crazy, you know, bitch or to, you know, just be the victim, perpetual victim that gets no point of view. They just keep getting kidnapped or assaulted over and over and over again mm-hmm. you know it's just it just really gets to a point for me where I just I tune out because my time is valuable and I'm not going to watch something that is not you know it's meant as an escape and I'm not escaping so well, I'm just not yeah. going to watch it yeah especially more than ever your time is increasingly more valuable because in a lot of ways you have more of it, but in a lot of ways it's like you want to make sure that you're spending that time in like a meaningful way. And I can absolutely see where maybe that's not <laughs> what the shows are fulfill- fulfilling for you right now. Um, but I want to I wanna throw this question back to Dylan because she made a really great point uh, about her daughter connecting with Trina on General Hospital. 
what's or or who's been you know some of your own personal favorite like positive examples of women in the genre oh for me like right off top drusilla winters mm-hmm. drew was probably drusilla winters and, and it's interesting because they're two very opposite characters but drusilla winters and angela hubbard they're mm-hmm. they were two they and i'd probably say the most authentic portrayals of black mm-hmm. female characters that I have seen on these shows. And it's because they're two of the very few black female characters that were allowed to be full characters. True. And it, we don't get those opportunities. And it's not for a lack of talent mm-hmm. because we have seen actresses come from these shows and go on to primetime or movies and shine when given an opportunity and given the material. It hasn't been from lack of talent. It's just, they've never really gotten the writing. And so for me, when I look at characters like Drew and I look at characters like Angie, there were things about them that were aspirational and there Mm -hmm. were things about them that were relatable. And I, I don't really, even the characters that I like right now, like I love Lonnie, but she gets nothing. Like Lonnie on Days of Our Lives, she gets nothing. I, yeah. I like Lonnie because I like Lonnie. She, they don't give her anything. You know? And Sally's doing the very best that she can do with what she's given, but she's not given much. Yeah. And it's like Angie and Drew were given stories and they were given families and they right. were given points of view and they were given the material to shine and I really connected with them. What about you, Ashley? Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I saw the that question on the outline and I struggled for a minute because I feel like even my favorite female characters are, are written well to a point and then all of them somehow magically are ruined by the penis. So it's been one of those <laughs> things where like some of my favorite characters are written great and then the minute they get into a situation where they have to fight for a man, it's like all common sense goes out of the window. But yeah, I think Drusilla is probably the closest I was introduced to Lexi Carver before Drusilla because, again, I've been watching Days of Our Lives since I was two years old. So I, I was introduced to, you know, Lexi Carver. And I did like Lexi for the most part. I think they did the best they could with her at the time. Um, you know, her being a doctor and but, you know, she's she had a couple of issues, you know, the whole cheating on Abe with the all the brother. time. <laughs> She had a couple of issues, but, you know, I just remember, you know, going back and watching as many Drusilla clips as I could find. And I just was like, you know, she had some she was fiercely loyal to her friends. She was extremely protective of her family. She was a great businesswoman. You know, she had everything that I want to still be visible in the genre right now. You know, and she had her little things here and there, but at the end of the day, you knew it came from a good place. So I think she's like the only one. I mean, there's a couple of other, obviously, I have other favorite, you know, characters. Taya Delgado is one of my favorite ones from One Life to Live. But then again, you throw in Todd's penis, and all of a sudden, common sense (laughs) is gone. So it's like, it's just one of those things where they start out well intentioned and then things just tend to go sideways. 
you know what though? I think I, I I can understand where you came from with those. And I think Dylan made a great point. I think there's, it must be like that aspirational quality thing that's like very, very attractive to people, especially when they like find their, their favorite characters. Um, Cause there's, there's always something about seeing like a character kind of start from nothing and then becomes something completely different mm-hmm. and see that full yeah. journey. And, yeah. you know, not to take away from, you know, anyone's criticism on, especially like the black female characters too, but you don't get that with really any soap opera character anymore. You don't really get anyone who kind of starts off from the bottom and has like a journey that you mm-hmm. can watch and follow and really connect with anymore. It's like, they, like you're saying like with Lonnie, like Lonnie. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, and I, I think like a way that people could always could have like connected to Lonnie is if she came in as just like a rookie cop. And then you could see her grow into becoming like this, you know, the town detective like she is now Mm -hmm. to kind of see, you know, have people connect with her, like watch her make mistakes and like do things like that. But you, everyone's just kind of like instantly everything they've always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And that that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Um, Like Lola, for example. Mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to hear. I want to hear what you were thinking, Heather. About uh, do you have any positive uh, examples of female characters from soaps? Um, I actually grew up kind of with Robin Scorpio. We, you know, she's a little bit older than me, but I grew up with Robin, and you know, I saw her through being a child and being reunited with her mother. I saw her through stone. I saw her become a mother. And I, and I always liked the fact with Robin, you know, she was with Jason for a time period. And I always, you know, really loved the character of Robin because she was never just like this crazy, you know, bitch, like they like to write, or she was never, Robin was never a damsel in distress that needed a man to save her. Like, Robin had her own career. Robin was an independent woman. Robin went to Paris by herself. Like, I just... I just thought that, you know... And I don't know if a lot of that had to do with Kimberly's influence. But Robin was definitely one for me that I definitely think was a good influence for women. Until the penis comes along, right, well, Ashley? Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, man. You know, I will, I, you know, I'm trying to forget all that stuff with, you know, Lisa Niles and the syringe. Mm. And, you know, I'm talking about Robin. I'm talking about Robin Scorpio before all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even her reaction again? to finding out that Patrick cheated on her, she didn't really play victim of and woe is me. She kicked him right out. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of these, you know, a lot of times true to life, (laughs) you know, it it annoys me that these soap operas will have women that just been cheated on and they'll be crying. What's wrong with me? Why don't you love me anymore? What happened to us? What did I do wrong? You know, and it's like, um, no, like he just cheated. I can can imagine, you know, sometimes that happens, but it doesn't have to happen all the time. Right. (laughs) And I feel like we always get more of that than anything, right? Right. That that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I get it. Some women do 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 act like that, unfortunately. But like on soap operas, it seems like that happens more often than not, unfortunately. Yeah, that sucks. And what what were you thinking, Tonya? Do you have any uh, favorite examples of female characters? Um, honestly, the first one that comes to mind, and only because I was discussing her earlier today, is Marlena. She's never really fallen victim 
in as long as I've been watching days, which has basically been since I've been alive, um, fallen victim to the whole making a man my entire life, make, letting a man dictate my choices. She's never been a damsel in distress. She may have been kidnapped 7,000 times over the years, but she fought her way through True. every kidnapping. And Okay, my personal favorite is when she woke up from the coma in Mexico in 1991, she made her way home herself. She escaped from the clinic she was in. She hitched a ride to an airport. I believe she stowed away on a plane. So she got herself to that pier to have that epic reunion with John. Nobody had to save her to get her there. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I think, I, I honestly, I feel like people often, Marlena gets a lot of flack, but I feel like she gets flack for reasons that, that it, it, people don't understand like the character's history. And I think like what you're saying, like, yeah, she has been kidnapped. She has been put in like dire situations where she's needed to be saved, but, or, where she's been saved, but she's never needed to be saved. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not Marlena's thing. And, like, she's also going to do whatever the hell she wants. She wants to cheat on her husband. She's going to cheat on her husband. <laughs> and that's what she does. Um, and just to, and I, and I know this, this podcast isn't about me. I know I said it at the top. But I have to say, I think one of my favorite, I can't necessarily say it's a positive example, but it's someone who I feel like has always been who she is and stuck to that even as penises come and go into her life and children act up and be crazy. Sammy. No. no, not Sammy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to say Kate Roberts. Oh. I mean, you're not wrong, because Lord knows she not is wrong. Salem's welcome map, but she's always been the same manipulative... Yeah. Right. Manipulative has... ma- mama bear she's always been. There's regardless nothing... of who she's sleeping with. Regardless, there's nothing about Kate that hasn't changed. And like, she's not, she's not something like, you know, like Dylan was saying, she's not something to necessarily aspire to in a lot of ways. But I think it, it, there's something in that because like, she can be bitchy, absolutely, but she can also be nurturing and, and, and she's loyal and fierce for things that she cares about. It's not always things that we care about or things that like other people care about, <laughs> but there's some, I think there, there's something in, in that, and that the writers, no matter who the writer is, understands about this character. And I always think that's really fascinating. Kate is also an example too of, of um, kind of how, not women the writing for a certain character can change over time and not necessarily for the better because when she first started she was a career driven nice. woman yeah and she i was mean she, very she was noble. a mama bear with lucas <laughs> but she was a very career driven woman and that part of kate's character has seemingly disappeared they but, don't know yeah. what to do with her work wise true but you also have to remember she i, I feel like i feel like kate's has always had to kind of this is just my rationale for it i feel like kate's always kind of had to like fight for what she's wanted and like that time when vivian put her on that plane and drug that pilot and then it crashed and then she had to swim her way back (laughs) a whole year later like it's i i think that's just something that's probably like changed in the character she's just like you know what if i want a job i'm just gonna break my way into the company and you know what it's not the way that we would go about it but it's nice that she that she sticks to what she knows. <laughs> Can we take a, a small little um, just just add on to that a little bit? Yeah. The, okay, so 
about the work thing because that's the one thing that i will say we were talking about it earlier about how the writing for women hasn't changed with the times i do believe that at one point they did try to make more of a concerted effort to make the women on these soap operas career women mm. but here we are in 2020 and we're still fighting for victoria to run newman right exactly. and i'm trying to figure out why is that why aren't women allowed why does it to, have to be newman, newman though why well yeah, ex- well yeah that's true too that's true but i just feel like of all of you know you know victor's bastards um (laughs) (laughs) only one of them is should be running that company it's always been victoria yet she still has to fight for this 30 years later it's just very strange to me but it could be any company she can run whatever she wants but it's like you know we have moments here and there where kate might be in charge of titan but then the men take right. it away from her right. or we have an instance where you know stephanie is running forrester but then the men take it away from her it's just like why is that i don't understand like, it's so weird that's just a small old caveat i'm sorry no no, no. i think it's, i think that's actually a a good point um i think i think what you were saying just like oh sorry i'll sorry i'll give you a second uh but i was just saying like i I think like what you were saying about like everyone like i feel like they didn't know what to do with everyone there was that time that period of time in america where big business was glamorous and sexy and everyone had to be in big business and now it's just kind of like we don't need every single character in big business we don't need every single character fighting for like a board seat we don't need every single character running a company just pick the one that makes the most sense and then do something else with the others that don't make sense and like you were saying victoria makes the most sense to run newman because she's the only one who's ever been able to do it (laughs) i that's what i think but you know (laughs) yeah like with the bold and the beautiful hope being involved with forrester makes no sense for her character i don't get it be an influencer Mm -hmm. that's that's her lane and why Steffi keeps handing this company back to these men that cannot hang on to it mm-hmm. right. so that she has to go once again and ride to their rescue like her grandmother used to, I will right. never understand. Mm-hmm. Steffi should be in charge of Forrester and Ridge and Eric should go make dresses because that's what they're good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. But it never works out that way for whatever reason. You know, Steffi can't do anything but cry over this unworthy man that is Liam. And and, and it's like all of her talent and all of her passion and all of her ambition is wasted because Mm -hmm. you can't see her as anything other than some dude's leading lady. And, and you know what? That is rampant. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and I think that that's actually a perfect segue into, you know, now we can talk about the, the bad things. We've, got, we've gotten the good things out of the way. I'm glad we found some good things. But, you know, from things like rape manses and like, um. you know, the, the non-existent trans women in, you know, the fabric of these shows, the never-ending female hysteria or people just being arm candy to men. You know, we've really seen all sorts of female characters from like these shows inception on. Um, why do you think that the portrayal of female characters on these shows are so trapped in like a very dangerous cycle of the past and i want to hear what you think about this tony ann honestly i think it's because they're written by men thank you how how is any man supposed to be able to write 
a woman. You're supposed to write what you know. Mm-hmm. Men don't. Men are not women. They can't write for them. Even the gay ones. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more evident when you see, especially like, and this is not necessarily about women in particular. It's kind of how the men treat the women on these shows. You have Xander walking around Salem, manhandling a woman at any given time, and nobody says anything about it. Mm. Man. It's treated like it's fine because it's they're because written by in the, men. And in, in those universes, it's it's fine. <laughs> what do you uh, do? You have any thoughts on this, Dylan? I think part of I think an, another part of the problem that we don't really want to address, or where these shows don't want to address, is that the portrayals have not evolved because they're still trying to cater to our grandmothers. Yes. who have a certain set mentality. And the easiest way that you can kind of see where that happens is when you look at female characters and you look at which type of female character is allowed to completely own being a sexual being and which type of female characters are not. Your Robin Scorpio's are never allowed to be the super sexy, I'm gonna, you know, flaunt my body. And they're never allowed to be that. That is only the bad girl. That is only ever the vixen. That is only ever, you know, the, the, the crazy woman, the, you know, the fallen woman, the bad, you know, it's Mm -hmm. never the good girls who are like, you know what? I'm gonna put on my freakum dress and I feel like, you know, like people, I mean, like look at Molly on General Hospital. People had a complete meltdown because a young 20 something year old girl had a hookup. Well, wow. <laughs> 2020 and shock of shocks, Young twenty-something-year-old girls are having hookups. Yeah, some of us were born from those hookups, <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even show the hookup. Right, the hookup happened off-screen. Exactly. And I and it's funny because I that's a that's a great point that you mentioned, um, Dylan, because something that I've noticed just and something I did want to also touch on a little after this subject, um, but like if you're a certain type of character, if you have this sexuality or the sexual element to you, the fans aren't going to like you mm-hmm. no matter what. And like, that's the reaction that I see for Sarah Horton consistently. Mm-hmm. I wonder and, like, if that's granted, why Sierra gets so much hate too. Oh yeah. Too. And like, I can understand like there is something in every character that someone doesn't like that. I fully understand, but Sarah is fundamentally a good girl in a lot of ways. She's from the good girl family that everyone loves on this show. But because she loves having sex and she (laughs) loves her men, there's like, there's this weird cult of like hatred against her because she's not who they expect her to be because she's like the antithesis of like the, like that, that archetype that you were talking about. Yeah. My issue with Sarah has always been that she doesn't own it. 
she cries about it and whines about it. Like, if you're going to be you know that why character... why she cries Because everyone's making fun of her on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, if you're going to be the character who sleeps with whoever you want to sleep with, like, have confidence in it. Own it. Do True. whatever you want. But if you're going to whine and cry about it, it's going to turn people off. That's a good point. So, here's here's the issue. I'm going to take it back to actually something that GH actually did right by putting this in the dialogue. I don't really remember the storyline. I think it has something to do with Olivia being shot or something. I don't know. All I know is that they put into the dialogue a few years ago about how Sonny treats his women and how he sees women. You're either an angel in his eyes or you're a whore. And the two cannot cross. And when they said that, I was like, well, that's just true of all female soap characters, though, isn't it? (laughs) Because exactly. these, these writers box them into something. You're either the heroine of the show or you're the vixen of the show. You can't be multi-layered. You can't be multifaceted. Right. You have to be one or the other. And I think that's why I loved Hillary so much because they gave her both. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it well. Okay. <laughs> they, they, not, they didn't do it well, but they attempted to give her both sides because every woman has different sides to her. Every yes. woman is vulnerable. Every woman has, you know, uh, sexuality in them like it's not one or the other and I feel like they've forgotten that and I also but at the same time in their defense I think they are writing to a very misogynistic audience absolutely a very <laughs> misogynistic audience and a lot of that misogyny is coming from other women and I don't know if that's from jealousy or they they see parts in these characters that they wish that they had for themselves or they're just sociopaths I don't know but the amount of woman bashing for these characters that I see from other women is ridiculous. I watched days for a couple of days. It was like, I like Sarah. I like Sierra. I like Lonnie. I like Gabby. I like all these people. And y'all are just bashing them back and forth. What is the problem? <laughs> I'm, I'm having a blast. <laughs> like yeah. I couldn't understand it. But, you know, they're, they're writing t- to their audience. I mean, look at, well, I don't want to get personal, but I was going to say, look at the response everybody had to uh the uh Chrishell Strauss uh divorce with uh old Adam (laughs) (laughs) Justin Hartley yeah there was a lot of women on the timeline blaming her and I was like you're not he's not going to fuck you right like because I've seen none of that (laughs) you also know that you haven't been married to him so you don't know him Exactly. They're just going out of the way to make excuses for him. I'm like, mm, yeah. okay. <laughs> I just shut up. Wild. I and I think um like just to just to kind of like great points, obviously, but I think just to kind of like pivot from that too, just to think of like another issue within this whole bad writing kind of um spectrum that I want to touch on is like not only are we not allowed to have you know these good girl characters be bad you know we consistently and constantly get things like people falling in love with their rapist and Mm. like things where women right (laughs) (laughs) and like things where women go insane and like just do crazy things and like those things can be entertaining because like like the like at least like the female hysteria part because like that's a soap opera like that's what we're used to we're used to seeing people like people doing crazy things and like going you know above and beyond in these you know intense circumstances but like that shouldn't always be the only thing and i really wanted to hear um heather's take on this because i saw that she made uh she made a tweet earlier she was just talking about like 
uh, you you referenced the Erica Kane on abortion story oh the unabortion yeah yeah and how like a lot of these things obviously are based in uh you know like a lot of these stories that they tell are technically based in things that could happen but the way that they tell not the unabortion i'm talking about the original abortion right 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 <laughs> the original like, abortion yeah just to clarify you can't you can't unabort right um, but like uh, you know, a lot of these things can be based in reality. And like, I understand where people get that inspiration from, but it gets to a certain point where you either take the story left or you take it too far or you do it too often. And right. we see a lot of these things a lot that can be really offensive to people. So I just kind of want right. to hear, you know, like, what are your thoughts, Heather, on on these situations that can be like really offensive? So, you know, I agree with the ladies that are pretty much saying that there's too many men involved. Men are writing these shows. Men are producing these shows. Men are hiring for these shows. Men are the suits that are giving the final notes on these shows. You know, you just keep hearing the word man, 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 man. You know, they're hiring the same writers over and over and over again. They're not looking outside the box. They're not looking for new talent. They're not looking for female talent. You know, there's, you know, diversity. There's no diversity. You know, and like you're saying about they cater to a certain audience. And you're right because I think it was Dylan that mentioned about people being outraged about Molly having a hookup and it's funny because you know my grandmother watches general hospital and my grandmother was so angry about it my grandmother is 82 my grandmother was so angry about it she was calling molly every kind of name you could think of and i'm like grandma that you know this is what happens it doesn't make molly cheap because she was just calling her cheap over and over and over again and you know why buy the you know why buy she's giving the milk for free she's giving the milk for free my grandmother's going and i'm like grandma this is what's going on nowadays this is how young girls act <laughs> <laughs> like my and you but i'm you know she's right though that's the audience they're catering to they're catering yeah. to an audience like my 82 you know my 83 year old grandma instead of saying how can i attract this 15 year old this 16 year old you know my youngest sister watches um days of our lives but that's only because she was always around us and we always had it on but if she didn't have us my sister wouldn't watch it and when she does and especially and if she does like would she find any of the content like valuable or 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 even inoffensive like can you can you like sit through an hour of some of these shows and like not find something to be like um that doesn't sit well with me i feel like that's like the yeah you know like um you know um my youngest sister that i was talking about she's in her early you know she's 25 and she loves sin but she constantly says that she hates the way the sierra is written and I saw a thread. I asked Miss um, Tony for permission to mention this. I don't know if you guys know her. Um, her username is at only one Tony D. And she made an entire thread with the hashtag Sierra Alice deserves a PLV. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really great thread detailing the issues with sin storylines and how you can be a fan of sin which, you know, I am, and obviously my sister is, and obviously Tony herself is, and still point out that mm-hmm. the stories are narrowed more towards Ben, more towards ben, Ben's point of view, Ben's pain, what Ben's been through, 
it's never about let's talk about Sierra. How does Sierra really feel about how she was kidnapped? It's like, no, it's about how Ben felt about Sierra being kidnapped. Right. And I think, and I think that's what a lot of people, you know, get confused about, especially with like couple fans or even soap fans in general. It's like, I think some people looking on the outside might think that we endorse these sorts of things and i guess if you really look at it as a whole there are definitely some people within our within our soap opera community that do kind of like let these things rock but i think more more than ever people have been speaking up about it and i know i one of my favorite people on Twitter is Miss Dylan because Miss Dylan is always calling people out on things. And I really, I want to hear what you think, Dylan, about um, just about like some of these things that can be super offensive to people when they're watching these shows and like, especially as a woman, because a majority of them are (laughs) mostly offensive to women. I think the problem is that there has not been a shift in the writing that reflects the culture. Like if you go back and you watch, you know, Dynasty or Dallas, and you look at how women embraced those shows, a huge part of the reason why was there was a shift in the way that the female characters were written that reflected what women believed was Mm -hmm. glamorous and romantic and you know aspirational at the time and now we're in 2020 and they're still writing for what women for what they believe women think of as romantic and glamorous and aspirational 35 you know (laughs) 35 30 years ago right and it's there's a complete disconnect between what we value now and what it is they think we want to see. Like there is not a soul in the you know in these soap Twitter streets that watches the bold and the beautiful that wants to see Steffi and Hope still fighting over Liam. Right. Not a soul. I don't care which one of those couples you actually want to. Mm-hmm. See end up with each other at the end of the day. But there is not a Hope fan on this planet. There is not a Steffi fan on this planet that is happy with the way these two beautiful, intelligent, privileged, ambitious women have been reduced to being nothing more than the one who quote unquote wins Liam Spencer at the end of the day. Girl, I would rather chew glass than to continue watching that shit. And it's like, but that's the thing. And they keep trying to say, oh, well, they're redoing the um, Caroline Brooke triangle. They're redoing the Taylor Brooke triangle. No, they're not. Because Mm -hmm. if you go back and you look, you actually look at some of those old episodes there is one in particular that i went back and i watched because i wanted to be able to reference it for this show there is a scene between ridge caroline caroline the first and brooke where caroline and brooke read him down for the way he is treating them 
And Brooke straight up says, this is unacceptable. This is humiliating. You need to make a decision because we are not puppets. You will never get that on 2020's version. No. Mm -mm. That's why I think my last favorite Steffi scene was when she backhanded the shit out of him. That's <laughs> great. She, she slapped the taste out of his mouth. I was like, thank you, please. But then, of course, a couple episodes later, why are you married to her? Why won't you love me? Right. Oh, my God. Or she, what was it two years ago when she fell to her knees in front of her house? Oh, begging for him to come God. Back? It's just, it's just, it's just unrealistic. It's unrealistic. characters. <laughs> <laughs> they take that they right. take characters who do or who are strong and do have that you know backbone that we've always wanted and aren't you know digmatized sorry for the you know that's <laughs> what it's called <laughs> and they still find a way to ruin them i have said multiple times you never have to ask me why i stopped watching gh because you should know the reason i stopped watching gh is because of the treatment of ava Mm-hmm. Even that character who is strong and fierce and badass and will shoot you in your fucking face if you get on her bad side immediately is right. still ruined all the time. It's like, what the hell? Like, I just don't understand it. It's like right. you have her do all these horrible bad things, you know, and you don't really give her, I mean, you try to give her a point of view, but then everybody just attacks her for it. And it's like she's everybody's. Uh, punching, you know, punching bag, bag yeah. for her, like the past i got sick of it i and I, it's I just still started. happening exactly yeah. and i will oh. never watch that show until it stops <laughs> can i can i just um really make a comment about brooke logan really quick yeah um brooke logan i don't care what anybody says brooke logan and katherine kelly lang are the face of bold and the beautiful she's you don't have to like brooke you don't have to love brooke but the Brooke Logan, who she was when I first started watching the show, is not who she is now. Because the Brooke yeah. Logan, when I first started watching Bold, would take your man and brag about it. She wouldn't yeah. be in her room crying about mm. it. She would you have know, ten she, new boyfriends by now. Exactly. She was intel. <laughs> she was intelligent. Yeah, she loved Ridge. She wanted Ridge, but she also had goals and aspirations. She made fabric. You know. They forget Brooke was a scientist. They forget Brooke had a whole separate life that did not involve her destiny. Brooke Logan, the real Brooke <laughs> Logan, would not be sitting there crying those tears that only Catherine Kelly Lang can do <laughs> and be crying over a man. And she I would think- just she would just take the man and be like, yeah, I took your man. And what are you going to do about it? Right. And I, and I think the thing is, you know, everyone kind of touched on it is that a lot of these characters are written by men. Um, there's definitely that disconnect, but I also feel like there's just a disconnect with writers in general because those sorts of shifts are like the complete antithesis of what the character is. And, you know, soap opera fans, as everyone knows, are some of the most loyal and like fans who understand these characters. And like, you can't take this character from point A to point Z in two episodes and expect us to believe it. And I feel like that's what they often do with these characters because they don't really think of like what like an authentic character journey is. If if Ava hadn't shot anybody in the head the day before, <laughs> then I wouldn't, you know, question her falling in love with a man and becoming like a romantic heroine and like throwing her 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 monstrous ways aside, you know? I wouldn't question that. 
but mm-hmm. that's what happens. It's like they have these crazy, wild moments, and then the next day we're supposed to believe that they're this soft, sweet angel. And it's like, yes, women have multiple sides to them, but like, it doesn't work that way. That's not character development or growth, um, which is just honestly the sign of a bad writing. Mm. <laughs> but I, I kind of wanted to to touch back on something that Ashley brought up, the fact that a lot of the misogyny that we see in our own soap opera community comes from women themselves. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the ways that these things kind of bleed into social media and into the community because especially for for all of you, like, you know, as women, do you find yourself kind of hesitant to like, to connect with people in the soap opera community? Because sometimes I know for sure that I followed people that I thought were cool, that I thought <laughs> we had a lot in common with, yeah. that, you know, I felt that like, they're watching the show like I watch it, like we could have fun. And then they say one thing and it's just, yeah. whoa, I yeah. don't agree with that. Or like, I yep. would never say that about this character. I kind of want to know like, what is, what's that like? Because there is a lot of misogyny in the soap opera community. Uh, I want to hear what you think, Ashley, since you, you brought up that point. Um, there's a lot of misogyny, there's a lot of sexism, there's a lot of racism, there's, there's just a lot of, uh, of isms going on right now. Um, and I am not as active in sub Twitter as I used to be. You might catch me tweet once or twice about a here or there, just like in jest, I'll say something and then just completely, you know, move on to something else because it's been one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm following somebody, I'm watching the show with them and then they'll say something like, I don't understand. Why did Lonnie and Eli have to jump the broom? That's so Ooh, stupid. Right. Oh, block. Right. <laughs> or why does she have those braids? Or, you exactly. Know? Why does she have those braids? Why are Sierra's tits always out? Up, uh, block. Oh, I hate why that. Are, why yeah. is it just, it's like little, little oh, microaggressions. I hate that shit because it's mm-hmm. like, you think that you're saying it to be funny, but every joke has an underlying issue there's something going mm-hmm. on there that you are not comfortable with or that you are passing judgment on but you don't want to make it seem like you're that way so you put it in the form of a joke listen you're not that funny <laughs> okay <laughs> you're not that funny this is not comedy central let's be real here because there are characters on here who are written the way that they are because men are writing them and they are writing it so that you will feed into what it is that they're giving you they are, it's like I, I almost can't blame fans for the way that they react because they are being fed bullshit on purpose. It's like they know what you're going to react to. They know how you're going to, you know, attack something. So they're doing that shit on purpose. And I just don't understand why y'all keep giving them what they want. But, you know. I really do think that you have a point there, Ashley, because, you know, I think that some of these, like, you know, heads that are on Twitter really like to encourage fan wars. I've noticed that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I've, defi- I've <laughs> definitely noticed that the bold And isn't it funny is- that a lot of those fan wars are geared toward the female characters or actresses? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Like because- the bold... The Bold and the Beautiful account loves having Hope and Steffi fans fighting with each other. Exactly. They, lo- they love it. Meanwhile, I see... Well, other than the people who are, have been... Who've caught on to the shit? I, other than that, I see very little Liam hate. Interesting. 
Liam mm-hmm. is the prize. Yep, he's not a prize, but he's you know. Really not. Oh, and by the way, neither is Bill. But that's a whole other conversation. I know people love him. <laughs> I, I listen, Bill. No, actually, oh, you're oh, right. I don't oh, like. Oh. I, I used to like Bill. I don't like Bill anymore. I, either. I, I, I loved <laughs> Bill, and now I just I, I need the stallion to gallop away because he is. Yep, <laughs> yep. I feel the same way. I also hate Ridge now. Well, yeah, I've always. Ridge has always been a problem. I said this to someone last night um, because they were saying, "Has Ridge always been this much of a jerk, or am I just now noticing because it's he's played by a different actor?" And I'm like, "No, you're just now noticing because Ron Moss had killer romantic chemistry with Joanna Johnson and Catherine Kelly Lang and Hunter Tyler." Right. Yeah. He like, also wore those get swept away in that. He also exactly. wore those scarves as a cloak. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. There's that. You couldn't too. see. You couldn't see. And, <laughs> and now, you know, as as wonderful as an actor as you know Torsten is, I personally don't see romantic chemistry with his Ridge and Kelly Lang's Brooke. And no. so every single one of Ridge's jerky McJerkison action is <laughs> magnified by 10. Yep. You can't not see it now. You're right. I think that um I think I was just so captivated by the chemistry that I really just I don't know if I refused to see it or I just didn't see it. But because you know Dorson and Catherine don't have that chemistry, at least in my opinion, maybe that's what my issue is. Well I mean no one called Ron Moss's uh, Ridge when he literally raped Brooke. No one called that rape until a few years ago when people really had to sit down and think about it. And like, it's it's because like the way that they write those sorts of things to make it seem like either it's like a sweet moment or like a confusing moment and you do get swept up in that chemistry. But then that that too goes back to them not reflecting cultural shifts like exactly like right and, now yeah you because you because so now culture is different you you realize you wake up yeah it's like you know i'm gonna say it i have said and i will say it again days of our lives their head writer has a serious serious issue with being able to tackle consent in a mm-hmm. way that is Come responsible on. And that right. reflects where we are right now. Like, and yet he keeps doing it. Yes, yep. and it's frustrating. <laughs> I love him, but it's so frustrating. He's literally told the story on every single every last one and got dragged for it. And, and still nothing. Still, still he keeps not. doing it. He refuses to learn. No. But it's like, you know, 20, 25, 25 years ago. Yeah, we had the whole, you know, Drew and Malcolm in the cough syrup, you know, and no mm-hmm. one called that rape. You do that now. Oh, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Yeah. And writers don't seem to have caught up to where we are. And and there's almost like a defiant, well, I'm not going to with some of them. And I don't like that. And I'm and I think it, time. Good. good. I'm glad you do because I, I wanted to touch back onto like the, the social media aspect too, is because I often see a lot of people making excuses for those things. And it's like these things, you know, a lot of people think that culture has become too sensitive, culture has become too 
critiquing and it's like we should be allowed to critique these things number one because this isn't real life we're not hurting anyone's direct feelings you know what i mean like this is a fantastical show and a fantastical genre and you critiquing these things like it it shouldn't impede on anyone's like (laughs) you know livelihood or anything like it shouldn't like it's not going to make the world end so you should be able to voice these opinions number two a lot of the shit that you see is awful and harmful you know it's like you to not say anything would be a crime in a lot of ways um and i and i think that seeing people be in support of these things and like i'm glad that more people now are speaking up especially women uh you know that's why i always applaud everyone especially everyone here on this podcast are people who i've often see be outspoken and speak up about these issues whether or not other people agree with them um which is obviously you know the main reasons why i invited everyone here because they have their opinions and they stick by their opinions which i always super appreciate it might not always be something i agree with or something that i understand but that's not for me you know what i mean and i and i think that's missing in a lot of people <laughs> within the soap opera community is understanding that you don't have to have the same opinion but you do have to respect someone's opinion exactly. and i and i want to know tony and like uh have you had you know you don't have to name names, but like, have you had any sort of experiences in that realm where it's just kind of felt like you were being attacked at all sides for something that you felt that you, you know, were fighting for, that you had an opinion on, that you were fighting the good fight when necessarily other people weren't? Oh, all the time. But I, I want to circle back before I touch on that because I had a couple other thoughts. Um, yeah, going go back to the whole the audience kind of following in the footsteps of the writer when it comes to social media, I kind of view it as one big shame spiral. The writers constantly shame women on these shows. And so the viewers think it's okay to shame them on social media. And that's not okay. Yep. And I feel like every time I stick up for my favorite character, I get called to stand because I'm disagreeing with the group think that, Case in point, Sierra dares to wear a revealing outfit because Victoria Conifal looks amazing in just about anything, but she gets called every name in the book whenever she wears a cute outfit that might be a little low cut. But I love her and I stand up for her right to do that and I get called to stand for that. Mm-hmm. But the people calling her a slut don't get called out for the objectifying that they're doing because they don't like her and because they're jealous. Yep. Well. Because they can't pull off the outfits that she can. I mean, <laughs> well, let's go. Yeah. Speak on it. <laughs> and and it, I wanted to touch toxic. on one other thing that you mentioned. Like, is it, are we too critical now? Is it a matter of are we too critical or is it are we finally calling out the things we should have always called out and just never did before? Mm. Yeah. You know what? I don't even think it's that we never did before. I think it's that we're at a place where that criticism has the ability to be amplified. Mm -hmm. Because it's sort of like that conversation that um, 
you know, when Netflix put all of these older black sitcoms back on TV and people were pointing out, you know, certain problematic things and everybody was like, well, no one said anything at the time. Yes, they did. Mm. You know, but there wasn't social media then. Exactly. Right. We had exactly. to write it in the SOD. <laughs> right. Right. You know, people have always critiqued things. People have always called things out. People have always, you know, raised their objections. They just haven't been able to do it instantly like they can now. Exactly. And they have not been able to do it direct as directly as they can now. Because like right. if, you know, everyone has a platform now. Whoever wants to act now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just it's a it's easier to make your criticisms and it's easier to be heard now. And I think people get that confused with well, no one used to say anything then. No, we did. I, I have I I was in the in the trap back in the day writing some very strongly worded <laughs> emails. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. But, and but it's like it's funny though because you do say that you know now everyone does have a platform more or less, but it's also like that also helped the toxic side of that to kind yeah. of evolve into what it is now too, which is like the unfortunate after effect of that it's like yeah we have all these great people who are saying all these great things and like fighting for change in meaningful ways but then you still have you know the karens out there now who yell at lonnie for wearing braids or who who want you know gabby to wear you know prairie skirts only and like those sorts of things it's like it's this weird kind of middle ground and like i can't imagine how that is for everyone here on this call because like I said before 95% of this is directed towards women mm-hmm. the actresses the female characters female fans it's like it's it's constant and like I feel like I would go crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah I feel like it would it would drive me nuts because it's like there's nothing that you know, even even in this world where it's supposed to be this safe space and, you know, like we talked about at the top of the show, a genre that was started for women, even though it's supposed to be this, that, it's like not a safe space for women still. Not, and that's why I had to kind of fall back a little bit because, listen, I went through it with my beloved Hillary Curtis. I did. And I tried. I fight. I fought the good fight. And I kept saying, hey, man, okay, we get it. The writing's not great, but let's just give it a chance. You know, something could happen, you know, miraculously. She can get a POV and then, you know, she, you know, they killed her with a truck. So yeah. it is what it is. It's like pregnant, pregnant at that listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that you kind of have to oh, you, you got to take a, a break. You got to take a cleanse because these people online will have you thinking you're crazy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm crazy. like I literally, that whole, because I go in and out of days of our lives. I can't really watch every day because I just don't feel like it. But there was a whole week I was watching it and I literally said something positive about every single female character and the responses I got. Well, <laughs> she did this and she's a bitch. And she's like, I was like, God damn, I like them all. What is, what is the problem? Why can't I? like them all you know or if you say something like the only time i've ever get gotten any real pushback is when i do try to talk about you know the the racial discrepancies on these shows Mm -hmm. and it's always well they don't they didn't they're not the star of the show anyway or it's like well you know they're there like what the oh that's not what i'm 
saying exactly, but you know, all right, you have your opinion. Or it's oh, this character's boring. Why are you caping for her? Or I'm like, I didn't ask you. <laughs> we're always boring because we get no writing exactly that's why i refuse to say anything like it's not that i i'm so obsessively in love with like britney sarpy that i just won't say anything critical of her it's that there's nothing to say critical of her because she does nothing they won't let her do anything it's like i honestly liked her character on gh more than her character on ynr because ynr has given her nothing mm -hmm. zero zilch <laughs> nada so like I, i'm gonna you know keep hoping that something happens but i ain't holding my breath and i <laughs> i wanted to to move on to our next point i kind of want to use uh what you were just saying ashley as like a little a little connection point about how you know you tweet things on social media and like people people jump at you and because of that I've actually started to be like a little more cautious when I'm watching the shows and like live tweeting. Um, but for a different reason. For me, it's because I've personally realized the optics of a gay man watching this show and then like tweeting things that might seem catty or bitchy or or, really? or nitpicky really? towards women on the show. Absolutely. Interesting that you have that foresight. <laughs> no, a lot of no, no, no. This is this writer. is this is after sight. No, this is after sight because I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm innocent. I did it. <laughs> but like now, I just now I see the optics of it because oh. I really want to touch on it because, as we said earlier, there is a lot of gay influence in the soap opera world from writers, like head writers, staff writers, co-head writers. Some might even say executive producers from the mm. past, but those are rumors. I won't say anything about Miss Bell. Um, oh, uh, oops. I thought, you, I thought you meant the current. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there is a really big gay male influence. There's a huge gay male influence and power in Hollywood in general. Um, and I think people often forget because, you know, gay men and women are often, you know, we're comrades in, you know, under this, this straight, you know, patriarchy, not, what's the word? Patriarchy. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> and this, in the straight patriarchy that we live in. And, you know, we're often allies, but I think people often forget, too, that gay men are also men. And men inherently, as studies have shown, can be, or are misogynistic. You know, it's just, you can fight against it, but there are behaviors and there are things that men say that aren't fucking right. And I realized there were a lot of things that I was saying, too, and I was just like, whoa, like, I know that that's a joke when I say it, but, like, if a woman saw it, the optics of that are awful. Like, I distinctly remember, like, do you remember when, you know, gay men were telling, you know, Black women how to feel when that scene with Lonnie kneeling before Gabby aired and, like, mm -hmm. all of these sorts of things and, like, that that influence, because also remember, a gay man wrote that. So it's like, it's like all of these influences don't add up to, like, a necessarily conducive environment and you know i've spoken about it before and i've been called homophobic and you know what i'll own that in this aspect because i do feel like it's important to be critical about it because 
gay men are misogynistic in a lot of ways. Just think, like, look at stan culture. Look at, you know, the way that people treat female celebrities and, like, kind of just, like, treat them as, like, indisposable. Like, mm, I it's... I it. Right. Like, there's, like, a real seedy, toxic underbelly that people forget about when they, like, look at the rainbow. And it's not saying that all gay men are like this. Um, it's not saying that, you know, all of these things are true for everyone. Not at all. But looking at the people in power, the people that are writing these shows, I really wanted to hear, like, what people's thoughts are. Because, like, if you look at it, you know, like, what do gay men love? Gay men love women being catty. We love women fighting. We love fabulous clothes. You know, that's like a that's like a, a, a general kind of blanket, you know, uh, stereotype that, that gay men love. And, like, those are the characters that we often see. Like you were saying, you get the bad girl and the bad girl's hot. The bad girl's sexy. You get the good girl and she's normal and she's plain. And then that's really it. Like, I want to hear, like, what people's thoughts are on, like, have you ever thought about that 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 weird intersectionality of that? Feel free to chime in anywhere. I know that was a lot. <laughs> um, so going back to the Lonnie thing that you mentioned earlier, um, I actually follow and talk to a lot of Lonnie fans, and I'm heavy into that fandom. And at the time, I you know a lot of those fans, which were black women, were you know very upset with it they didn't like the scenes they thought it was offensive and they were you know tweeting on their own timelines about how disgusted they were and there were you know some gay men that were quote tweeting them and telling them how they should feel and that it wasn't racist and it was soapy and juicy and that their feelings were wrong and they were like arguing with these women and like first of all and it's like you are not a black like I am not a black woman so I am not going to tell a black woman how she should feel about something because I am not one so I don't know how that feels so if if a black woman on her own timeline is tweeting about how she found it offensive and she thought it was distasteful why are you quoting it and arguing with her and telling her that her opinions and her feelings are invalid and they're wrong Mm mm-hmm and you see that often. And and like you guys touched on, you even see that with the head writer at Days of Our Lives. You know? And it's like... And before at- that particular scene and that particular... And I know it sounds like I'm dragging him and I'm not. Because I actually do like a lot. I actually do like a lot. I actually do like a lot of his work. I just Same. feel like there are things that he does that he does not do well. And they need to be addressed. And he consistently repeats those things and I wish that he would not but and one of the things that he consistently repeats that I wish that he would not is for whatever reason he likes to throw in a lot of casual racism yes never addressed like I have been watching like I, I grew up watching days of our lives I am 41 never before he wielded the pen did I see Julie mm. ever be a racist. Ever. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden, every time she gets into it with Gabby, it's mm. <laughs> all like what? What? Yep. what? Where is this coming from? This is and it's never remarked on. And that's the thing. It's never, you know, Gabby never really reacts to it. It's never it's just there because you know, 
from his perspective, it's a cute little shady quip. Right. Well, it's not, sir. Yeah. It's really not. And you know, from his perspective, he did not understand putting a black woman in that situation, in that scene, was a problem. And when people pointed, and, and it was a problem for multiple reasons, but also the thing that annoyed me the most with a lot of the people who attempted to defend it was there was this fantasy land where when this storyline was over, Lonnie was going to have been elevated and was mm. going to... Ne- <laughs> Hope springs and, the colonel, don't it? <laughs> and, and she was now... Her and Gabby were going to be this, this epic rivalry and she was now going to be this character... That that got the material. I was in that fantasy land too, unfortunately. I wish I could say I wasn't, but I was like really, I was really excited thinking they were heading for like a Lonnie and Gabby rivalry. And I was like, oh, this could be good because I love Lonnie and I love Gabby. And then like, we got what we got. And I was like, oh. (laughs) The thing is that had they listened two black women when we were saying that is not how that's going to go down mm-hmm. you would not have been in that fantasy land we have been, we we are new to this we true to this and we have been watching this and like i said earlier there have only been a handful of black female characters that are allowed to be fully realized Mm-hmm. There have only been a handful of black female characters that have gotten the writing and have gotten the material right. and that none of them have happened under his pen. Oh no, not and a one. And here's so, my, and, and, and I love that you podcast. <laughs> <laughs> True. And I love that you mentioned perspective though, because, you know, going back to what I was saying before, like, that's absolutely what's happening now. He's putting his perspective into the writing and like, uh, and, and the way that that, the way that it makes me think now is because gay culture, the perspective of gay culture is more visible now than ever. Like more than ever, it's more empowering to do so for that gay man. But in doing so, you're erasing the perspective of a woman. You're erasing the perspective of, you know, a man, a straight man. You're erasing the perspective of, you know, a gay woman or a trans woman or all these other things because you're only thinking about it in what you think would be fun and shady and, you know, soapy Mm -hmm. as a gay man. And it's that perspective, um, especially for me lately, that has been really messing with a lot of the soap characters. Yeah, and here... Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say because, like, they, no one's really thinking outside of what they think is funny or what they think is entertaining or what they think is is clever or soapy. But go ahead, Ashley. Yeah. I mean, I think I've had this conversation with you and Ryan offline about how I feel about stan culture especially when it comes to gay men most of which uh, in that culture are gay white men 
um, and their mm -hmm. constant attack on black female rappers or singers or whatever. It has created such this toxic environment that regardless of who I quote unquote stand, I'm just staying out of most of it. Right. But and that has trickled over into um, you know, the daytime realm as well. And I've seen it on my timeline. It's never anything really too egregious, but it is like, you know, telling people how they should feel. That that runs rampant across soap twitter in general though it's not just one demographic or another um the issue that i have though with this isn't necessarily you know writing from your perspective or anything like that because everybody has to write from what they know the issue comes into when you don't listen when you are being told that this is how a certain group of people feel and that's where my issue comes with Ron. I don't at Ron anymore because he blocked me when he was the head writer at GH. He unblocked me when he went to Days, but he he blocked me at GH because I said something something had something he did with Jordan just pissed me the fuck off, and I just went off on him. So I don't even add him anymore. But what what do you call somebody who does the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? Right. Like you keep doing the, the same thing. Ron is nothing if not repetitive. And he does the same things over and over. And I'm not just talking storylines because yes, he does that. But I'm talking these narratives. You keep doing it. And we keep telling you stop because it's doing no one any good. Least right, of all of you. Exactly. And he does not listen. That's a sign of a narcissist to me. That's a sign of someone who's been in this industry entirely too long and needs to be put out the pasture. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know y'all. I know y'all love Ron. I I know that, but I don't. Not me. I, I, yeah. I love him that much. Yeah. Not me. He just blocked me. So no, yeah. not me. I don't see him any differently than I see any of the other head writers that are constantly getting passed around show to show to show. And constantly, you know, fucking up when they get there. I don't see him any differently. He could get fired here and go to the YNR and do the same thing. It's, it's, there's something about this genre that takes the most well intentioned writer and turns them into a part of the machine. Because yeah. at some point, especially with YNR, especially with YNR, writer after writer after writer after writer. Most of them male, one female after right. Well, two, actually, there's three females, um, two of them at the same time. But every single writer has fallen victim to doing the same thing. And it's as if it's a part of a system. It can't just be the writer. It can't just be the EP. It can't just be the, you know, breakdown writers. There's something bigger going on. And it's just the soap industry as a whole. And that's why anytime anybody ever asks me, do I think it's going to change? And the answer is hell no. <laughs> right. Because even, you know, even though I just went on this whole spiel about, you know, gay male influence, you also see the same thing when it's a, you know, a female in charge as well. You know, you see, it's like, like you were saying, it's like, a, it's like being a cog in the machine. It's like, there's been definitely instances where you get writing where you can see that the woman like the the female head writer or you know someone who's like a who's created a character you know like a sherry anderson or someone you can see that they understand who this woman is at her core because she's also a woman and she understands you know why this person would behave this way but then there just comes a time where gradually it becomes to you know it turns into exactly what you expect it to always become Mm -hmm. And it's like, at what point do we look at the industry as a whole and, you know, 
make this change because like Dylan said earlier, the majority of your viewers are women. Yeah. Granted, some of those women, like we also talked about, <laughs> don't see a problem with the things that are happening. You know, there is a majority, you know, there's a good chunk of people, uh, of women in that, in that viewership that don't feel any sort of issues with what's happening. But that doesn't mean you ignore the people who do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that's the, that's at the core of the soap industry. I feel like that is one of the major issues is that they actively choose to not listen yeah. to people who have watched these shows for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and who can just as easily change the channel, you yeah. know? Oh. oh, that's a whole other thing. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but what I have noticed is a lot of the uh, driving vehicle behind just keep watching so that we don't lose our soaps. You know, it's gone. Don't be too critical. <laughs> just keep watching. Just give them your viewership. Save the soaps. A lot of that is being driven by, from what I've seen, gay men on, mm. on my timeline. A lot of it is like a lot of guys that I see are like, just watch the show. It's fine. Just watch it. We don't want to lose our soaps. Right. Okay, but we have to be critical too. And right. for me personally, I, as much as I love soap operas and as much as I've been, they've been a fabric of my life since, you know, I was a child, a baby. I refuse to give anything my viewership if it does not suit me and my life and, you know, what I think is important. And if that means that the show is canceled, I'll live. Sorry. Right. I'll be fine if YNR gets canceled tomorrow. I, I won't shed a tear. I promise you that. Because the show has done nothing, nothing to prove to me that they care about my viewership in the past seven years. So why would I? There you go. Well. I think, too, people, <laughs> you know, have kind of forgotten that in 2020, I don't have to watch mm -mm. General Hospital. Sure don't. To get, like, look, I am a queer Black woman. If I want representation, there are, you know, there are books, there are movies, there are shows where I can exactly. seek that out and not have to settle for crumbs. You know? Like, I, I, I mean, like, I'm looking at, has Val ever even been on a date on General Hospital? Just one, when she was lighter skinned. <laughs> oh! I think this week or like <laughs> last week when they were doing all the Nell stuff was the fifth time we've seen new Valerie in her entire existence. And that wig was terrible, but that's a whole <laughs> other that, that again is another reason why I loved Angie and Drusilla. Mm -hmm. As as a black woman, hair is a very complicated thing for us. Yes. And when you put these actresses in these shake and go monstrosities, <laughs> it tells me mm, you don't care. It, it tells me what the level of care mm -hmm. is about to be because you would never send, you know, Nikki Newman on Whoa. set. Look at <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> came here from COVID with a with a wig from Wish. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, now wish, they, well, back when they had the budget, let me rephrase. Okay. okay. <laughs> back when they had the budget, 
But it's like, and it's just little things like that. They don't mm-hmm. invest in these characters. And if yeah. you're not going to invest, why am I? Why mm-hmm. should I? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that really just kind of brings it home to the final thought of this great episode. This is a great discussion, everyone. I really want to know just, you know, in this world where womanhood of all forms is constantly under attack in so many different ways from so many different angles, you know, your soap opera is supposed to be that safe space where you can see your favorite characters every day, mostly every day of the week and, and feel connected to them and feel happy to see them and, and feel, you know, some kind of joy. Do you, as a woman, do you still feel that way? Do you still get that same joy, that same emotional boost as, you know, you did, like you talked about earlier, you know, when you saw your favorite, you know, positive examples of of womanhood on these shows. I want to hear what you think about this, Tonya. Um, I don't get it as much as I use. I get it more with Days than I do with GH. GH, I feel nothing. I'm completely disconnected from GH. Days is my heart, so I always feel something when I watch Days. And I will say this week, when they had Sierra being a badass and kicking the crap out of her kidnapper and like letting her actually fight for herself, that was amazing. And I want to see more of that going forward in 2020. If we're going to have these women be kidnapped, let them fight their own battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? No. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, no. Um, I mean, I you're honest. I don't. <laughs> Oh, I don't I don't feel anything that none of these shows or their depiction of women gives me any joy ever. I will say that I was I, I did peek into YNR um I think it was last week and seeing I don't know exactly what her position is, but seeing Lily look as though she had a position of power at Chancellor, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I would prefer Devon, but I'll take Lily, you know, even though I think, you know, it's still Billy's, you know, is still in charge or whatever. But seeing that, it, I, I felt like maybe they might see, and then I came back to reality and was like, what show are you talking about? You know, that <laughs> yeah. you know better than this, um, <laughs> I mean, I think the last, oh, God, I, I honestly, I think maybe the last time I even got a bit of that was years and years ago when Teresa was on there and she uh, brought back Basic Black with uh, um, with Nicole Nicole and Kate. Oh, yeah, that was the last time. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, 26, I love this." 2015-2016. It's been four or five years. Yeah, and that was the last time. I, I'm just looking at this show now, like, well, you know, women get kidnapped, and what, regardless of if they beat up their captors, regardless of all that, they keep freaking getting kidnapped because it's all <laughs> he knows how to, to write. Apparently, here she goes. God damn it! <laughs> sick of it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> Understood. Uh, what about you, Heather? Do you have any? Are you still? Do you still get that joy when you turn on your soaps? Yes, when I watch UK soaps. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> okay, ever since I started watching UK soaps, I just I know that, you know, it's totally different production values and 
you know, stuff like that. But I just can't help myself but to compare. And, like, I'm just so... It's, again, I don't watch General Hospital anymore because I just get so angry with it and what it's become that I just... I physically can't watch it anymore. So I still watch Days of Our Lives. And then almost every time I tweet about it, somebody tells me I'm angry. Why are you so angry all the time? When I tweet about the misogyny, I get called angry at least once a week. Mm. And I'm just like, why is it that when a woman's pointing on misogyny, she's angry? Mm. (laughs) And it's just, but yes, I do get joy from UK soaps. Great. I'm I'm glad you joined us. Glad you joined us on this What about you, Dylan? Like, not, I'm going to be honest, like, not from, not from, like, American soaps. And what's interesting is the last time that I remember my timeline collectively, like, gasping and, like, involved and just, you know therefore what was happening on the screen was when ambitions was still on TV and everyone would live tweet the episodes. And the Mm -hmm. interesting thing about that show, when you compare it to, you know, daytime soaps, that was a very female led show. Like no one who tweeted about that show, we were not, you know, we were arguing about which of the women was our favorite and what should happen to them. And, you know, mm-hmm. we were involved with those female characters and that's mm-hmm. missing in daytime. When we talk about our female characters in daytime now, we never talk about them as anything other than some man's accessory. Mm-hmm. And until that changes, I, I don't feel like they're going to get the type of new viewers that they need for this genre to continue. And I don't think that they're going to sustain the current viewership that they have. Great Mm -hmm. point. Everyone, I feel like, made incredibly valid points throughout this entire discussion. And I think it really just solidified that I think I chose the right panel to come Mm -hmm. on and chat with us because... Like I said before, you've all always been super vocal about the way that you feel about these issues, and they are issues, no matter what anyone (laughs) tweets you about and tells you that they're not issues. They are issues. And I think it's important to continue having this discussion and continue to be open about it. Um, Because, you know, we might not see the change in our soap operas, but you never know how the landscape of television is going to change in the next two to five years. Maybe we'll have new soap operas that can learn from this. And I applaud all of you all day, every day for having to deal with so much all the time because I fully, fully can, can imagine how tiring it is. Uh, But you know, in, in the spirit of continuing the discussion. Uh, thank you for everyone who listened today. I want you to continue the discussion by using the hashtag SoapboxingPod. You can tweet Our Take Media. If you have any questions, any concerns, any comments, we want to hear from you. And be sure to follow all of our lovely panelists. You can follow Ashley at Reckless Love with a W. 
You can follow Dylan at Dylan underscore St. James with a Y. You can follow Tony Ann at XO, Tony Roni XO. And Heather is at HLynn310. And that's Lynn with two N's. And you can follow me at NotCorion. And once again, thank you so much to everyone who took part today. Thank you, everyone who listened. Uh, this has been another episode of Soapboxing with Corian. And I don't want to say bye-bye like Jonathan. That's not my I need to come up with a thing. I need to come yeah. up with a thing. I'll, I'll brainstorm, but all right. That's Switches. it. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. bye.